Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. The program is presented by Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Got Lynn Worthy, the post dispatch with us coming up in 10 minutes. Talking Cardinals, Cubs, Cardinals swalks this weekend. Uh, so many things to get to, though, in the opening segment. First off, breaking news from my standpoint, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel like I'm really a guest of 101 ESPN. Yeah, we are swimming in the adult pool for Yeah, now. so, but uh, it looks like we're about to be on YouTube. And I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but the female listenership demographic is about to increase substantially once they get uh, a peek at these baby blues Mm -hmm. that has been seducing women and some gentlemen, candidly, throughout the St. Louis area for 46 years. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it might be a little like, people might be like, this is too hot. I think I will be sexualized. Right, and that's not what we're looking for. We're we're takesmiths, you know. We're not male. Honestly, models. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, be nice. It is. Ah, oh, who's that short, bald guy talking about the last place baseball team? That's what I. That's what I think yeah. will be going on. Right, Jackson. Did you just say to me right before we started, you look really good on the YouTube? I think I said you look really naughty. Wow. Well, if we're going to be honest, this is honesty in media. And I said you looked naughty. 314-399-9646. That's how you can text into the Air Comfort Service text line with your thoughts. But the YouTube, so the YouTube is not up yet, but the cameras are in. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's a little too much headroom on your shot. Well, that's a height situation. That's yeah. not really the camera's fault. That's, that's my parents. <laughs> that's on them. It's on them. My brothers are both over six feet tall. Really? Yeah, this is a... There'll be an investigation. <laughs> this morning on uh, TMA, we launched an investigation. I'm actually commissioning investigations, my own personal investigations. Isn't there somebody who does that? Was, is that a TV show? Like some guy who like, has his own passion projects, like Richard Branson or something, <laughs> except I'm a guy who does three hours on HD2 in St. Louis. Same kind of wealth. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, I, 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 I took my son to the Cardinals and Angels last Wednesday, the one game Mike Trout played, Shoya Otani was pitching. We took an Uber um, just because I wanted to get it, be able to get in and out in the parking down there and the whole thing. And the Uber driver gets us on 40. We left our home and we live in Kirkwood. And so if I would have been driving, I would have had the presence of mind to go, oh, can't go on 40 because for whatever reason in St. Louis going away from the population center, it's like the 101 in Los Angeles at rush hour or any time for that matter. And so I made this observation regarding 
40 and Big Ben because I usually, like I said, I don't leave my home. Mm-hmm. So maybe people have been like, yeah, this has been going on for 15 years. But you may not be old enough to remember that in 2008, they spent all of this time and money shutting down what most people call Highway 40 slash I-64. And somehow the traffic is worse now at at Big Ben yeah, and oh, yeah. Hanley and Brentwood. And so we left our home at 550 and we got to Bush Stadium at 650. I think we live like 12 miles from the ballpark if and we that. live in St. Louis. Yeah. And so uh, we have a loyal listener on TMA by the, who goes by the name of Buck Swope. And I said, I'd like to commission Buck Swope for my own private investigation into what the hell happened. Yeah. So I'm commissioning investigations. What else would you like investigated today? Hmm. Uh, I have nothing really that is that pressing to be, but I, I am in lockstep with you that I am, cause I take that road often. I take highway 40 often and it gets bottlenecked really bad up there by Where Hanley. Why would we get on the highway 40 off of Lindbergh? It's you're, you're like, what the hell's going on? Right. And then it somehow inexplicably completely clears up once you get past about McCausland. So I'd love to know what happened. And Hey, it might've been covered 15 years ago, but I am commissioning my own private investigation yeah. un unfestered by that's right. by uh, outside that's right no influence. no outside influence no and it might only be from my eyes but i am commissioning said investigation that's what i am doing because when when it takes you an hour to get to a cardinals game from kirkwood i think it just leads to a less desirable that's why i say i'm telling you i'm telling you I'm telling you the next ballpark is not going to be in downtown st louis i'm Hopefully, we'll not be doing a show by the time that <laughs> <laughs> by the time that that happens, uh, and uh, probably will not be a resident of said area by the time that happens. But that's where my action would be. There was a, a Warren Buffett, Jackson. I know you monitor. Uh, you're a Berkshire Hathaway guy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I diversify, but yeah. And uh, he, there was an article yesterday in the St. Louis Business Journal. There's going to be a bunch. There's like 25% vacancy in commercial real estate in downtown St. Louis right now. And downtowns throughout the country are clearing out because yeah. people, companies are going, crap, if we want our top people, other companies are offering them the ability to work from home. And so we're losing our top people because some people want to be able to work from home and they can call their shots. So the commercial real estate situation, I'm just telling you, that's where my action is. It's action I won't be able to get paid off on in 20 years, but uh, do with that what you want, Jackson. Do with it what you want. Uh, all right, so Lynn Weather is going to join us talking about the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals losing last night, the Cubs taking on the Swalks this weekend. You're excited because they're in the middle of a good uniform stretch? Uh, decent uniforms. We have Cubs, bad uniforms. Okay. Red Sox, great uniforms. Best uniforms in baseball? No, Red Sox would be in the top 10. The Dodgers, in my opinion, have the best uniforms. And guess what? They put take on the Dodgers right after they take on the Brewers, who have terrible uniforms. So they're going from bad uniforms to good uniforms to bad uniforms to good uniforms. Yeah. And then they take on the Reds for four. One of the worst. And I would assume you were down on that. And then you take on the Guardians. Not great. Okay. And Not then great. the Royals. Not bad. Hmm. I don't I don't mind the Royals. Um, I mean, if you like the Royals, then you probably like the Dodgers and if you like oh. the Dodgers and you probably like the Royals it's quite similar the Dodgers thing is a the hat is gorgeous like that's a classic beautiful hat and I just like the script on the front and the Royals have something similar so yeah right. I like both okay. but I the, mean, they, the they, they're very similar yeah the KC is if very I were similar the Dodgers like. people it's like Cleo McDowell yeah. in coming to America with McDowell's yeah absolutely and McDonald's might be some litigation there and then the Red Sox have a very similar hat the logo I guess the B is very similar to the Brooklyn Dodgers that's one. correct it's almost exactly the same 
same. So that can I'll commission that investigation. Yeah. God, I'm gonna be busy. The Cardinals are unique, man. No one copies. It's their a great slide. uniform, except when they go on the road and they look like the Angels. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna see that in Boston. When Why Boston. did they get rid of the Navy cap? That's my next investigation. That's a good I, one. I already know it because I sat down with Bill DeWitt the third, and he knew where I was on it. And he's like, God, I can't believe I'm sitting with a, <laughs> this clown who's badgering me about the color of the team's road hat. Well, you're I'm asking sitting here showing him like the new plans for Ballpark Village, and he wants to focus on the team's road hat. Why am I doing this show? Uh, all right, uh, Lynn Worthy is going to join us. Uh, your favorite uniforms. <laughs> yeah, send them on in, <laughs> and I'll tell you if your opinion's correct. Nine 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 six four six. Would you like to uh, play a role in funding my independent <laughs> investigations that I'm now launching? Yeah, Buck Swope will kill it. He oh, will. yeah, 100%. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Why did they shut down the highway for two years to make it worse? That's a good question. We're in St. Louis. We're not in Los Angeles. I'm not part of the bridge and tunnel crowd of Jersey trying to get over to the city at rush hour. Why can't I get to the ballpark within an hour? That's crazy. It's the strangest damn thing in the world. Oh, it's crazy. And we just kind of accept it. I guess, guess somebody will get to it. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a balloon party. Driven by Mung and St. Louis Accurate on Toyota 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon parties with my Munganess St. Louis actor at Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you for one hour of radio excellence. It's our pleasure to welcome to the program, friend of the show, becoming a regular here on uh, Balloon Party from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, ladies and gentlemen, Lynn Worthy. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Man, the whole world has seemingly changed since you and I talked last week uh, with the Wilson Contreras uh, news. Uh, what was your initial reaction when that whole thing broke on Saturday morning? My initial reaction was, first of all, just how it seemed as though they were reversing course on something that they you know, have been so adamant about this guy being their catcher going forward, um, how he was, you know, working on specific things to make him better defensively. I mean, uh, going back to spring training, I mean, just even talking about his receiving skills and, uh, and they even acknowledged that they were making this announcement that, you know, yeah, he's gotten better in a lot of that stuff. And that was a big part of what they're doing in spring training and the idea that he get the WBC to work with the pitchers and, and all of this. And then it gets to this, you know, 30, some games into the season, it's like, yeah, not so much. Uh, we got to make a change. It just seemed shocking. And then just the way things unfolded where he didn't even know the third catcher was coming and, and sort of was surprised by that. And um, I guess the other thing that jumped out at me was just how he seemed to handle all of this. I mean, considering the circumstances, uh, I think he handled it as well as you could have expected, whether it's the questions or just the, the way he – you know, um, stood there and, and answered everything for us and never outwardly showed any sort of, you know, um, being angry or frustrated, at least not in front of us, about everything that was unfolding. So, yeah, it was uh, it was something to, to see right in front of you. Yeah, you, your, your cohort at uh, the Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson, wrote a column that threw out the trials and tribulations of the last week. I think uh, Wilson Contreras has actually picked up fans in St. Louis. And and what a rare spot it is for a player to be signed, the kind of deal he was signed to, then be removed from his position 
and the fan base rally around him. Usually, if something like that's going to happen, that must mean the guy's performing at a dreadful level, and fans are probably incredibly frustrated with him. But I think the source of frustration, at least at this moment, is directed more toward the front office and perhaps Ali Marmol. What is your sense on that? Well, I think he, he's he clearly knows. I mean, he's going to be there for a while. So, I mean, I think it's one of those things where he's a new guy. He's not going to do anything to rock the boat. Um, but he also knows that he's he came there to catch. They're paying him to catch. He's that's his position. That's you know what he's there for, and he's going to be there for a while. I mean, you stop and think about it. Um, I mean, he's under contract longer than any of the pitchers that are there right now. So, I mean, like he's going to be there. Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm sure he's not happy about the way things are going, but at the same time, um, I think he he can afford to take a little bit of a longer view and say, okay, you know, sort of swallow it for now and just sort of you know make whatever changes it is that they feel he needs to make and do the work that they feel he needs to do. And um, he knows. I mean, and it's also not like it's just a pure benching either. I mean, he's still going to be in the lineup. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, I mean, I think about it sometimes like, okay, if, you know, I was in that position, you were in that position, it was like, okay, how do you, how would you react, especially this coming right before going to Chicago? Yeah. Place that, you know, been, had, there'd been sort of whispers and knocks anonymously come out about his catching abilities there. And then his first trip back is when all this happened. So, um, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of frustration, but at the same time, I mean, uh, it didn't. It didn't affect him detrimentally on on the field. I mean, we saw that first night, and he was just eating it up and and leaning into it. Yeah, he uh, certainly was welcoming the uh, the heel turn that he had in front of the uh, former fans at Wrigley Field. Cardinals taking two of three from the Cubs, losing last night. Jordan Montgomery has pitched very well this year. Last night, one of now two starts he has had. Uh, Wilson Contreras not behind the plate for that one. Andrew Kisner uh, was behind the plate for that one, of course. Your analysis of where things stand at the moment, because the Cardinals not only are in last place, they're a few games back of uh, even the second-to-last place team in the National League, they have a long way to go in order to get back to even 500, much less get back in the spot where they're thinking about contention. The nice thing for the Cardinals is the National League Central, whereas the Pirates ran away at the start of the season, they have fallen back to earth, and the Brewers haven't done much either. Uh, your analysis of the state of things as they get ready to take on the Red Sox at Fenway Park, Lynn. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you mentioned, the, the fact that the division didn't just completely run away from them, even more than the, the hole that they already dug. I mean, you, you look up after they finally snapped that, that eight-game losing streak and you realize that they actually picked up a game because, you know, Pittsburgh had had a, streak, a losing streak, Milwaukee had, had just snapped a streak, so they, they didn't lose even more and more ground during that. Um, but I think it also underscores how big a hole they dug early and, you know, all that, you know, everybody you know, wanted to say, okay, well, it's early, and, and yes, that was true, and they did have time to make that up, and they still do. But that's why now, you know, you win three out of four, and you say, okay, you're starting to turn things around, but it's like, but you still have so much more of a, a uphill climb because of what took place before that. So, you know, like I said, you win three out of four that last game at home, and then two out of three, and you say, okay, well, you know, it's starting to look a little bit better. Um, I think this next year is going to be really interesting, especially because, Boston's been a team that has been playing a lot better than people expected and yeah. we've gone into this last series with Atlanta. 
Um, and just to see how the starting pitching um, shows up here, you know, with Wayne, was Wayno, Matt, and then Michaelis in Boston. That's going to be interesting to see how they how they go because I think that starting pitching has still been the biggest question mark. I mean, and, and it connects to the Contreras thing where it was, you know, wasn't said outright, but it was, you know, familiarity with the catcher and all that. Well, okay, well, so the, the pitching performance is going to be part of what we look at when we evaluate how this whole Contreras thing. And so now seeing Wayno's second start, seeing Matt, if he can build on that last start, um, and then seeing, you know, if Michaelis can sort of keep the ball rolling that he's sort of had in his last few starts, um, that's going to be a real, real sign of if they're really up on, on an upswing and if that's potentially something they can keep going forward. Lynn Worthy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is our guest here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Uh, a note uh, this morning in uh, the Post-Dispatch, Lynn, was uh, an update on Jordan Walker. Uh, Jordan Walker had a double last night, uh, had a 6.8 uh, miles per hour exit velocity that is cited because it was his only hit in the game and it is only his second extra base hit since being sent down. He's played 11 games in Memphis. He has two extra base hits and he is hitting 175. He's 7 for 40 and a 588 OPS. Uh, I think that that is something that with the Contreras news and with the big league team struggles is probably flying under the radar. But that is an eye-opening statistic to have Jordan Walker with especially the way he was performing in the first three weeks of spring training. He's one of the best hitters in spring training. Grapefruit League or Cactus League didn't matter. Um, And then to see the fall off that happened in the second half of spring training, the strong start from a from a getting on base with base hits perspective to his major league career and then getting sent down. What do you think of where he is? Is this a case of the confidence perhaps being shattered? Is it a case of it doesn't matter what his average is because they're teaching him a new swing and focusing on elevating the ball, and so the results aren't as important as the swing? What are your thoughts on Walker, Lynn? I don't think it's a matter of the confidence being shattered. I don't, I, I don't think he's, I mean, just from what we saw of him going back to spring training uh, in those first, you know, few weeks in the majors, I don't think he's a guy that, uh, I mean, even spring training when he had a slump there, a long slump there, I don't think he's a guy where that sort of thing, um, you know, is going to put him in a hole or you know, just send him in the tank altogether. I think, you know, going through some ups and downs, I mean, he's, he's ready for that. He's, he's prepared for that. He knows that's going to come with it. I think, um, you know, I mean, I guess you'd like to think that that was also part of the calculus from the organization when they decided to bring him up. Was that if he has to go back down, is he is he the type of guy that's going to be able to handle that? Is that going to send him into a tailspin? You like to think that all those things get considered. Um, as far as just the results, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I mean, it, it is you know, I guess you know, uh, 11 games or so is still a relatively small sample size. Also, I'm not surprised because I figure. The changes, the adjustments he's making, they're probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment period with that. Um, and I I really did think as soon as they made this move, that I thought that his, I mean, even if you assume that he, you know, hit the ground running with all the adjustments they wanted to make, I, I always assumed that his return was really as much about them getting sorted out things at the big league level with their outfield situation as much or more so than him making those adjustments. Because I felt like, you know, the, the playing time thing, I'm just trying to sort through the moving parts they had with the outfield was as much a, a factor as him making the adjustments. So 
Um, obviously, you'd like to see him having success with those adjustments. Uh, and um, right now at this early stage, you're probably not seeing as much of it. I mean, I don't know if the, the numbers necessarily indicate exactly, but um, the results definitely are are saying that there's still some some ground to make up in that regard. A final question for you, at least final thought. Uh, you, you mentioned the Cardinal rotation and, of course, the struggles that are there. And uh, Wilson Contreras certainly receiving some of the blame based on the actions that were taken. But I want to I focus in on Jack Flaherty, uh, the exchange with your peer uh, Derek Gould two nights ago in Wrigley Field. Uh, really something else. But um, th- taking, taking that and extrapolating from that exchange, what it says to me is a guy is very frustrated because he was on a, a path to greatness, incredible wealth. Uh, if the system were different, if you were playing in a different league, he already probably would have been taken care of. But because it's baseball, he hasn't been. And I think he knows that he is pitching a different way than he was a few years ago because of his his shoulder and it leads to the lack of velocity, which he was asked about, which got him uh, upset. And uh, and also, I think it, it plays a role in his mechanics, which has led to a lack of control. Flaherty was a focal point for many nationally as far as the Cardinals' hopes this season, uh, if he could reach the levels that he had three or four years ago. That didn't seem real likely to me just because he's a pitcher with a damaged shoulder and that's going to be very difficult to overcome. But now he's a guy going out there and he's really having problem each start and putting the team in a in a precarious position. Your analysis of Flaherty both short term and with regards to the Cardinals long term. Well I think some of that that post game stuff, which obviously, you know, uh, got a lot of attention. I think Part of that, and, and I haven't spent as much time around him as a lot of other people, I think part of that might just be the there's certain guys, you know, that are just intense right after a game. And so maybe some of that response is different, you know, a day later. But So I think part of the just the exchange and everything is, is that. But um, I don't know if that's necessarily tied to the last couple of years and everything he's gone through or if it's just the, the intenseness of, you know, being after the game, being a competitor and, you know, I mean, obviously we saw the uh, last week when, when Wayno had some pointed comments about a question just because, uh, again, I think that's just the competitive nature of some of these guys. Now, as far as um, the performance, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was sort of unfair from the beginning to say, okay, he's going to be back to 2019. I think that's, you know, clearly that's a lot of people's hope. But as far as an expectation, um, that's probably unfair. Now, Consistency is obviously what everybody's going to be striving for and what everybody's going to be hoping. And I think right now you're just not sure on a consistent basis what you're going to get out of him. Um, and that's the thing that I think is more, I don't know if concerning is the right word, but, you know, it's it, it's the thing that I think is more than, it's more important than, you know, what he says post-game or, or how he asks the questions is the consistency of performances. You know, we saw early in the season he had a couple of starts where obviously the command was an issue, but he was able to, work around that in a couple of early starts and then not, not so much in the last few. Um, so think what he, when, he, when he's able to find some level of consistency and whatever that's at, I mean, I don't think you expect that to be an ace. I don't think you expect that to be what he used to be. I think just where he settled into, I think is going to be the biggest thing. If they can get him to settle into somewhere where it's not going to be a, what are you going to get tonight? And you just don't know until he steps on the mound. I think they just need him to be something consistently and then work from that. I mean, if he's going to be the guy who carries your rotation, I think that's going to be a little iffy because it's just, again, 
Duke unpredictable. I think if he's just a piece and you know you're going to get consistency from Harden, you know that you're going to be able to get something from him, whether that's okay, you know you're going to get solid enough, you're going to get, you know, something maybe relative to a quality start, maybe just a little bit lower than that, but, you know, you're going to be able to get that um, as opposed to where you're just not sure. Um, uh, and I don't know long term. I mean, obviously he's, you know, he could be a free agent at the end of the season. So, um Long term is an open question whether or not he's he's here past this, but I think right now it's just a matter of you know what can they get from him this year and how's that going to play into the rest of their starting pitching because um, they just need to get consistency overall from the starting group. That's Lynn Worthy. You can read more in the St. Louis Post Dispatch and online at stltoday.com. Lynn, always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for the time this morning. Thank you. You guys take care. You too. That's Lynn Worthy with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. On the other side of our bottom of the hour commercial break, it's the Little Piddles half and half again. Oh, yeah. You went back to back half and half bold. The people like it. The people really like it. So, yeah, I want to give the people a lot of engagement online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not only engagement, but real enthusiasm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I must have muted all of those people. Yeah, well, you know, I can't control who you see. I just know that the people, the people, people are yearning for more half and then, of course, the other half. All right, well, then that's what you're going to get. It's coming up next year on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Act, your Alton Toyota, Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. Jackson, the people want it. You're going to give it to them. No, not those NBA scores you just gave with ignoring what Alex Petrangelo did uh, in the Edmonton game, which I'm sure you're aware of. Which seems he plays for Vegas, right? Wow, wow. Doesn't wow. he? He plays for Vegas. Am I right? He doesn't play for Edmonton, does he? He's on Vegas. Can someone tell? I feel like I'm going crazy. He plays for Vegas. The Golden Knights. 314-399-9646. I'd take mic drops. I, I I have no control of the mic drops, but I bet I bet they're filling up as we speak. Uh, I can guess I can take a look. Uh, computer here. Yeah, I, mean, I just thought. You know what? I got to tell you, by the way, I've decided I've adopt, I'm adopting the Canadian teams in the playoffs. Really? You try to see uh, the the Lord Stanley's Cup go back to Canada. I mean, it's it's I I got I got nothing against America's hat. I'm not <laughs> pro America's hat. I'm not anti America's hat. I just, uh, but I I I I love watching the Oilers play, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I got a little sense. Ryan O'Reilly was all over the ice at the end of that game last night with the uh, Leafs and Panthers. Um, I just got a little sense. Here I am. Here, you know who I am. Who? Whoops. Watch this. Watch this. I just got a feeling. That's all I'm gonna say. I just got a feeling. Who said it? Boy, I don't know. Somebody's gonna get this in our Air Comfort Service text line. It's a golf reference. Now I'm going to specify. Huh? I got a feeling. That's all I'm gonna tell y'all. I just got a feeling. That from Tim Cup. Ben Crenshaw the night before the United States came oh, back yeah. in the Ryder Cup. You sent that to us before we played Chris Nagel. I did. Yeah. Just yeah. got a feeling. And uh, so I thought, okay, I got good long odds on the Leafs coming back down 3-1 to one against the Panthers. They still got a win in Florida. But I just I was watching the postgame comments from both the Leafs 
and the Panthers, and it just kind of like if, if this were the Cardinals, and I were watching it this way, because it took me back to 2012 when they had a three-one series lead. I'm like, boy, they're still up, but it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Now three-one's different than three-two after the Barry Zito Lance Lynn debacle here, mm-hmm. but uh, I just got a feeling. So I thought, okay, it's got to be like plus six hundred, plus seven hundred. It's only plus 330. The Leafs are only plus 330 to win that series. That is insane. Those are such low odds for a team to win three straight yeah, in the crazy. playoffs. But either way, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Leafs and the uh, the Oilers. Does that make me anti-American? I don't think so. No. No. Okay, it doesn't. makes you pro hockey. All right. Yeah. And, and, and they, there's, some, there's some potential matchups out there that are super butt-ass. Yeah. Super butt-ass. Not optimal for the NHL, but and I don't know if they'd be like, "Oh, good, America can't wait to watch the Oilers play." But I, w- I'd be all over that. Yeah. The intensity of that. Mm. McDavid on the ice is electric. Off the ice, just not. I've seen some of his post game stuff. You're not happy with uh, Connor McDavid now, after you know, hockey expert who didn't know where Alex Petrangelo played is now Vegas, signing right? in. It's Vegas, isn't well, it? Well, the fact that you're that you continue to ask me doesn't speak to a lot of confidence in where perhaps the big just mistake the Blues have made in the last five years wound up playing. I remember he got moved to Vegas right after that, but I don't know if he's still there. This might be the deepest hole you've ever dug. And I'm saying and that to me is a powerful statement. It's like when you said the Derek Gould Jack Flaherty was the most whatever audio you've ever heard. I watched that video like a hundred times. It makes me laugh just as hard. So good. I'd like to commission an investigation <laughs> in which Jack Flaherty's interviewed about that and Derek Gould's interviewed about that. Yeah. And then, like, anybody who's on the roster who watched it and what they were thinking, like, oh, God, I think Derek and Jack are going to fight. Oh, so Petro's on Edmonton. Oh, my God. What's going on? He's on Edmonton. Do you, like, eat mushrooms in the break? <laughs> no. I knew you left. Because he I, said, hey, if the board goes wild, you might have to go do something. I'm like, no, it does. I'll still be on Instagram. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, final guess, Edmonton Oilers. Alex what? Petrangelo. Well, I mean, they're playing each other. So it's like heads or tails. But the fact that you're even doing this is, is I I'm alarmed by it. I don't keep up with the goings and comings and comings and goings of uh, the But NHL. the man is the first man to... Touch the chalice for the St. Louis Blues. I know. It's not like I'm like, hey, what's Alexei Gusarov up to these days? That you know? was a made-up name. There's no one named Gusarov. All hell is breaking loose in the air conference, sir, and he was not a made-up name. A lot of Blues fans wish he were. I was at the Pepsi Center before Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals in 2001, and I uh, was walking, getting ready for my live shot for KMOV, and Gusarov was under the bleachers smoking darts, and I thought, they're probably not going to win tonight. Uh, Jackson, uh, what do we have here, outside of many texts wanting you removed from the air for this Petrangelo debacle? I don't see a debacle. I just see a guy wondering where the hell the guy plays. I didn't know that that was a crime against humanity. Uh, the wor- little- former Blues captain, he lifted the chalice. And now he's, he's not, not on the just blues. a guy. I'm pro blue, and so if you leave the team, I don't give a damn what you're what you're up to. I'm telling you, I think Tommy might call you in the office on this one. I really do. Uh, you know, and I might be standing outside cheering. 
<laughs> Always supportive. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the kind of teammate I am. They'll be shipping me to Edmonton. What, what do we have here for, for the first question of today's half and a half? Is it, where does Alex Petrangelo play? No, that might be a late addition. Uh, this is the world famous half and half. At what point does your concern level for Nolan Arenado's season reach a point of serious consideration? He is a 151 batting average since April 14th and just hasn't looked great at the plate. What do you think could be the spark for the superstar third baseman? I know this is weird to say, but I said it about Jordan Walker. In a way, I kind of hope that there's something wrong physically that uh, isn't like a long-term right, thing. Right, right. But with Arenado, as Denton's pointed out, John Denton, friend of the program, he'll be with us tomorrow. Um, I think Lynn talked about it as well. I feel like somebody else talked about it with us too. He has these these bursts of slumps and these bursts of greatness where he can't make an out. So I'm just, I just feel like there's so many other issues. With that said, if Arenado gets going and then you do look past when they play the Dodgers next weekend, it is kind of a parade of butt asses. Yeah, a lot of Guardians and Reds. And, and Royals. Royals, yeah. You can get real healthy in the second half of May if you can kind of hold serve. The problem is you're so far back. I suppose the counter to that, like we talked about with Lynn Worthy, is you're 21 and 17 and you're in first place in the National League Central. You're 21 and 17 and you're in last place in the American League East. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe 85 wins wins this division. But still, if the Cardinals get 85 wins, even though it's early, that's a lot of work to do. Arenado would be the spark to light the fire. I'm just not worried about him. And by that, I mean, I think he'll be there when it's all said and done. Right. The rotation, eh, I don't know. What's next on the half and half? Well, I'm following up on my previous question, oh. Tim. Where does Alex Petrangelo play? <laughs> what position does he play? I'm like, he, uh, defense? Defenseman. Wow. I call it a defenseman. I was just having like rhetorical mockery, and then you actually engage in these questions. But he is a defenseman. I wanted to peek in there and see if Ryder had, I think Ryder just went and Got yeah, HR he, on the phone. Yeah, he called it a day. He said, oh, boy, I can't listen to this. Following up on my previous question, do you think this team can make the playoffs without Nolan Arenado hitting well? If he has an albatross of a season, what do you think is the percentage the Cardinals make the playoffs? Uh, my first answer is no. Right. And then I don't, I mean, I guess like 5%. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're asking me, do I think they made a playoff? So he has a bad year, like, kind of holding up on what he's doing right, right now he, and yeah. the pro, pro rates, then I would say no, and you're going to percentage 5%. I have no idea how that would happen. Right. None. Yeah, I mean, if you're prorating how he's doing now, then it'd be, like, third or fourth in the central. But, like, if he's, like, sub 250 and just, like, 15 home runs. One of my favorite, we, we, we hit on the Orioles. Well, we haven't gotten there yet, but they're 24 <laughs> and 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, good start. And I loved Arenado, and I think his total was 29 and a half home runs for the yeah, year. 20 or 29, yeah. And I loved that. Um, and at this moment, <laughs> I, I, st I, still, I still just, I, unless there's the health, like I said, that's what I want to be the case with Walker and Arenado, because after a while you go, okay, something's just not right. But Arenado, I'm more confident in Arenado finding it than, than what I don't know what's going on with Jordan Walker. I don't know. Uh, wait, 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 what's next? Uh, so I have now the second part of the half and half is always about the uh, some sports business stuff. Oh, then it's probably a time to break. That's what you were telling me without telling me that. Yeah. I just, uh, it's 1047. I'm probably already late for break anyway. Let's do that. Let's be responsible with today's show. Let's do it. Like if a player won the Stanley Cup with the Blues and hoisted the chalice, we would know where he is. 
much less what he did last night that puts him in the news. It's on the front page of ESPN.com where you went to read about the Warriors beating the Lakers. I just passed that right over. Um, I'm 90% confident he plays for Edmonton. I can't believe you're still doing that. At this point, I'm starting to wonder if you're like Andy Kaufmaning me. I'm, not, I'm pretty. I know he was on Vegas. Like if I were you, I would just like not touch this. Eh. And that's why I can't figure it out. Eh. Yeah, I, I want to know. I'll I'll learn in the break. Okay. Alex Petrangelo plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. I might always go with your gut. Everyone listening out there, go with your gut. I knew. It was I don't Vegas. know if there is a soul listening to the station who or who has ever listened to the station for more than 10 minutes who didn't know that well consider me the first i run the board for it so it's just unbelievable guys i feel like jackson's playing a joke on us no, i'm not. kind of with you i don't know anymore i'm not i promise you that this is all authentic and it was a uh and he might get suspended so in a way he may be helping me or petrangelo uh, wow. Yeah, it might be value on a parlay there. Uh, yeah, it was uh, at the end of last night's game, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl uh, was not pleased with what transpired. And Connor McDavid says he should be suspended. He said, I'd like to see it reviewed for sure. Uh, I'd like to see it suspended. It was intent to injure as you can get. It was as an intent to injure as you can get. That was not a hockey play. Totally off-brand for him, too. I, I'm, I'm looking at you like you're going to add something here. to it. I'm no. going to now just look out into the hallway on the off chance Jamie Rivers goes walking by. Yeah. Uh, you think he knows where Petrangelo plays for? <laughs> I could see him driving to the station right now and having you pinned up against the wall by 10.58. He doesn't want to smoke. <laughs> now I really could see him driving <laughs> to the station. Uh, I'm, I'm going to glance at I'm going to entertain myself by looking at the Air Comfort Service text line during this commercial break. Me I can't too. wait for the commercial break. Maybe yeah. I'll read some on the other side. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganaf St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, you're right. We are coming <laughs> off an alarming segment. I would describe it as electric. And I'm, I'm going to be honest because this is honesty in media. Always has been. I said to Jackson right when we went to commercial, I go, are you being serious right now? And he was. You really were. Once a, once a guy leaves the Blues, my knowledge of them completely goes away. What about while they're here? It's shaky at best, but right. at least I know. That's why I, I feel like that was a false premise. Well, no. I know. Like I can name almost all the Blues. Is that right? Pretty close. Some guys, right? I'm conv- some guys, I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. This, like, w- this would especially be a tough year. Yeah. If we wanted to like go yeah. from the, who wrapped up the season with the Blues. Right. But in like 2019 during the playoff run, like whoever went out on the ice, I would know them by number and stuff. <laughs> like if I saw their number, I'd be like, oh, that's. I get that you're flexing on Gunnarsson. that right now, but it's just probably not going to really play well with the audience. I could, say, I could, I could say anything. Right, that's not going to play well. Well, it's you a didn't losing know where battle. Alex Petrangelo played. I and he's said in the Vegas. News. I he's said... in the news. No, you didn't. You said you eventually. You just you go final answer Edmonton. I mean, I can play the audio back no, for I know, you. No, but I still. But my gut reaction was Vegas. But it's not something to have a gut reaction on. It's not like I think he's on Ace King. No, I think he's on Jax. It's a fact. Yeah. The man left here to play for Vegas, and then the Blues went and got Tory Krug. Yeah, they should have kept. Petrangelo. Wow, take alert. They should have. Red alert. Because then I wouldn't have known who he played for. 
What other questions do we have? This sure. might be the final edition of Balloon Party. Well, the people least, will get their wish. At least the piddles iteration of it. <laughs> uh, new Yogi Berra documentary hits limited. Oh, I'm, uh, I, give me a good sports documentary. Yeah. I cannot get enough. I yeah. saw that this was uh, this is his niece, correct? Granddaughter. Granddaughter, Granddaughter is uh, executive producing it. It's him hitting limited screens on Friday only in New York, Jersey, and L.A. Um, and it's not on streaming, so we'll have to wait a little bit. But there is a new Yogi Berra documentary. Uh, the film is produced by his granddaughter who said that, that she wants people to know and appreciate the incredible career of Barra. Uh, who are some other athletes, both locally and nationally, who you think more people need to know about them and their story? Wow. God, what a great question. Man, this does happen. Yeah. That's just, this is on me, though, because I just time out the show so terribly. Um... Because I could, I could do. Oh, let me I'll, I'll see what the people text in on three one four three nine 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 six four six. I I say this. I don't think it's cliche, but I'm sure it's kind of been said before. And he did write a book. Well, uh, Tim Brown wrote the book, the Ankiel story. If I'm thinking locally, yeah. I think that is one. I think there's a lot to it, and Rick did get into it in that book. But of his childhood, and then all that transpired. Um, before it even got to him in the playoffs and and losing control of his pitches. I mean, I'm talking to you like you remember it. You were two, so you don't remember that. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it now. Yeah, I know the story. But, I mean, it is... It's To me, it's a movie. Yeah, it's, it's a feature film. And the thing that's... I know this is kind of a in-the-weeds thought on that, but if you at 19 are a Major League Baseball player... And a, a pitcher that is guys would talk about guys who are already kind of on a trajectory towards either All-Star Games or Cooperstown. The curveball is a Hall of Fame caliber curveball. And you're 19. Mm -hmm. And then that happens to you three months after you turn 21. I mean, I, I would think most people would just shut it down and go into hiding. Well, he kept trying to get it back as a pitcher. And then when that didn't work from a combination of both the mental element and then physical injuries, then at that point, most people would shut it down. Yeah. And we used to get these calls at the very early stages of the morning grind before we had chased off all those kinds of people. Uh, like, do you think Ankiel's going to come back? And I go, oh, God. They say hit her? I go, oh, my God. You know, there's got to be another option for this person to listen to. And... And then sure enough, they were right. And it took years for it to happen. August of 2007, Tony La Russa, he smiled twice in the dugout. <laughs> twice. Right before, strangely enough, David Freeze's triple, because he knew in his mind that was going to be the end of his managerial career. Right. At least he thought it was going to be. And then when Ankiel hit that home run in August, because I think Larusa felt some culpability for putting him out there without Matheny at catcher, and it was Carlos Hernandez, and felt like he had something to blame on that. My point being this: he kept grinding, and then he went from the major league lifestyle to riding buses all over the South and the Midwest just to have the chance to come back and prove people wrong as a hitter. Incredible. Holy crap! Yeah. Like his book's great. I breeze through that book. It's a great book. But I just, I'm, that's like a Disney film. I'm not talking about like making it into some, you know, animated right, thing. Right. I'm talking about doing it the right way or a 30 for 30. That to me is is the absolute ultimate. And on top of it, it's kind of it's kind of under the radar. It isn't like an obvious oh, yeah. one. You know what I mean? I in St. Louis, it's, in St. Louis, it's obvious. But around the country, 
there's so much there because there's the childhood aspect. There's all that he went through. It's it's got everything. So I would love that. It's it it would it would wind up being a, a world class thirty for thirty or documentary if, if somebody were to pick that up. All right, Jackson, we got to go. It's a great question. I, I wish I would have gotten to it earlier, but we had the Petrangelo situation as it's now known by Hubbard Corporate. Time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McCurden. This has been Balloon Party. You're my mung and St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota. No one ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.